Hi listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. Christy Morin is said to be the most successful and prominent female boxer in the United States, and the person who legitimized women's participation in the sport of boxing. She began her career fighting in tough women contests and won three consecutive titles. She then began training with boxing coach Jim Morin, who became her husband in 1991. Christy had talked about how she wanted to win 50 fights in her life, but Christy won 49 professional boxing matches in her career. That is, until 2010, when she fought for her life, and her opponent was her husband. This is the survival story of Christy Martin. Before Christy became the most famous face of women's boxing, a welterweight champion with a 49-7-3 and record and 31 knockouts, Christy Salters was the first-born daughter of Joyce and Johnny Salters. Christy's mother, Joyce, was a stay-at-home mother and her father, Johnny, was a welder at a coal mine. When Christy was born, her and her father had a great bond that would only grow more and more as Christy got older, making Christy a daddy's girl, which obviously that's much like me and my dad. I mean, have you ever met a bigger daddy's girl than me? I mean, really? Yeah, not so much. (laughs) Me and my dad have been partners in crime since like I was little. I mean, my dad was the one who taught me how to talk about people, even when that person was in the room. So me and my dad, um, we used to gang up on my mom and talk about her as she was in the room. And my mom didn't speak English at the time. So me and my dad would say, oh, let's, you know, speak in English. We'll talk about her. And she won't even realize it. (laughs) Are you serious? Mm -hmm. And then I realized that apparently I hadn't learned English yet. What do you mean? What were you saying then? What did you think you were saying? (laughs) Well, apparently, me and my dad would talk in English accents. But really, we were just speaking Spanish. So (laughs) I would talk about my mom to my dad, thinking that she couldn't understand what I was saying. But it turned out that she could. So thanks, dad. (laughs) More than you being a daddy's girl, your dad is a big time jokester. So that doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) So anyways... The bond that Christy and her father had was something that I think it's beautiful and sometimes rare since I feel like a lot of the time, especially like back in the day, maybe it wasn't common for fathers to take that, you know, such a big part in a child's life. That was more, you know, kind of like a women's job. But that wasn't the case for Johnny. Wherever he would go, Christy would be by his side. If Christy was sick, Johnny was the one that was right there with her, taking care of her. Christy was definitely an athlete from a young age. Christy played various sports like Little League Baseball and All-State Basketball. And Christy and her father would run basketball drills together and they would shoot hoops for hours after Johnny would come home from work. So it was no surprise that Christy had earned a basketball scholarship at Concord College in Athens, West Virginia, where she later earned a bachelor's degree in education. What you got there, Jose? I just opened an ice cold beer from Beer the Month Club. 
Treat yourself or someone special to great beers month after month by joining the Craft Beer of the Month Club. Each monthly shipment contains a 12-pack with four different types of rare craft beer, hand-selected from small American craft breweries. We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show, click on the Craft Beer of the Month Club link and sign up, we will earn commission. Stay home and keep cool with an ice cold beer. Cheers, Jose. If you're a local San Diego listener and are looking for a dog trainer, do what I did when I got my dream dog, Cosmo. I contacted Xavier the Dog Saver after I read that he was a behavioral development specialist with over 14 years of experience. I like that his mission is to help humans connect and communicate with their pets to lower the possibility of your pet ever seeing the inside of a dog pound, a shelter, or maybe even worse. I have to tell you guys, my new puppy is an old English sheepdog and he is hard-headed. I didn't think that I would be able to find someone to help me, but then when I contacted the saver, he came along and let me just tell you guys, he works with all dogs of all breeds and sizes and ages and he has not met a dog that he hasn't been able to effectively train. Contact Xavier via phone call or text at 619-799-7114 and use promo code COSMO and Xavier will hook you up. With the encouragement of her father who always told her that she could do and be anything she wanted, Chrissy started her professional boxing career at the age of 21 in 1989. Christy met Jim when she was 22 years old and he was 47 years old. She was a rarity and a promising female boxer, and Jim was a well-regarded coach who, even though he didn't believe that women belong in the boxing ring, he agreed to train Christy. And Christy said in a 48 Hours interview that Jim saw dollar signs, and I quote, He thought it would be a sideshow, but I think I can get her in a position where we can make some money, end quote. That shows a lot of confidence. Doesn't it? I mean, especially for what she turned out to be. Right. Mean, big time world champion. Yeah. You know? But as soon as the two grew closer, the relationship turned romantic. A year later, Christy and Jim were married. But according to Christy, it was more of a business relationship than a loving relationship. Hmm. And it seemed like she married Jim to please her parents. What do you mean by that? Okay, so... Chrissy had been feeling that her parents had spent years trying to turn her into something that she wasn't. Because you see, when Christy was in sixth grade, she realized that she liked girls, but this was something that she kept to herself. Christy kept this secret to herself until she was in high school, where she met her high school sweetheart. And Christy tried to keep her dating life a secret, but her parents ended up finding out. And her parents' disapproval pushed her from her family's home. That's sad. Yeah. Chrissy said in that 48 hours interview that Jim knew that. Chrissy said that Jim would constantly threaten her that he was going to tell the whole world that she was a lesbian. So Jim started to use that to his advantage and started to tell Chrissy that her family was ashamed of her. And Jim started to isolate her. Man, that's so messed up. You gotta think like... Obviously, it was a huge deal for her to stop, and a disapproval alone mm-hmm. kind of made her marry this guy. Right. It's like twice her age. Mm-hmm. And, and now he's, you know, mentally, like, yeah, kind of abusing her. Right. right. 
So Jim started telling Christy that everyone hated her and that she was alone. He made her feel like it was her against the world. So Christy started to see everyone as untrustworthy, which is very dangerous when you're in this type of, you know, verbally and mentally abusive relationship to be yeah. in because now, you know, you feel like everyone is kind of coming after you. So and you have this guy egging you on right. that that's the case just to manipulate you. Yeah. So Christy lived in fear of her husband's threats to expose or kill her if she ever left him. So she stayed. And just days before the attack, knowing it would cause a life or death battle, Christy had finally worked up the courage to tell Jim she was leaving him for her high school sweetheart. For 20 years, Jim had told Christy that he would kill her if she ever left him. And Christy had had enough. Oh, I bet. So now, I'm going to take you to the day of the incident, okay? So, it's around 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday, November 23rd, 2010. Christy's sitting on her bed putting on her running shoes when she hears her husband, Jim Morin, enter the bedroom and say... I need to show you something, Christy. Christy had gotten one shoe on when Jim walked in armed with a knife and a gun. James takes a nine-inch buck knife and plunges it into his wife's torso. Oh, wow. And at first, world champion boxer and the only woman boxer ever featured on the cover of Sports Illustrated doesn't even know she's been stabbed. With a nine-inch buck knife. Mm -hmm. So Jim then thrusts the knife in again and again and again. Three times down Christy's side until a fourth punctures into her left breast. Stunned, Christy rears back, tumbling on, onto the bed, kicking James. Tumbling on the bed, kicking Jim. Jim stabs her leg dragging the knife along her calf. Mm. Eight inches of flesh detach from the bone, flapping onto her ankle, oh. dangling by a thread of skin. Oh, it sounds awful. Mm-hmm. At some point in the frenzy, Jim slashes his own palm on the blade and drops the weapon. Mm, poor Jim. <laughs> Just a little slash and you drop the weapon? Right. Really? So, seeing an opening to get away, Christy tries to lift herself off the mattress, but stumbles, falling to the foot of the bed. The pair wrestle until Jim pins Christy, begins beating her head into the floor and on a nearby dresser. Christy, Christy's ear snags, nearly ripping it off. Oh, man. Jim hovers over her, his fingers gripping and yanking her hair. Christy feels the weight of the gun in the pocket of her husband's denim shorts. Christy immediately recognizes her 9mm Taurus, a pink pistol she usually kept stuffed between the mattress. As Christy desperately tries to wrangle it free, the clip falls out, Ugh. landing on the carpet. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. So Jim then takes the butt of the gun and slaps it across Christy's jaw. Beating and bleeding profusely, Christy looks into her husband's eyes and tells him, I love this woman. And I quote, Motherfucker, 
you cannot kill me. <laughs> no joke. End quote. <laughs> a little scratch to the to his palm and all of a sudden, oh, I can't right, handle it. Yeah. When I was doing my research, I read that and I was like, oh my God, I have to include that. Like, that's that a, a bad ass. You need that on a shirt. That's, you know. Motherfucker, oh you cannot kill me. Yeah. <laughs> So Jim then stands over Christie's body and fires the pistol, discharging a single bullet into her chest, three inches from her heart. Christie is bleeding out while Jim is wiping down the knife with his t-shirt. Jim then proceeds to place the pink gun beside Christie's body. For what? Like to, to like, hey, guess what? You can't even do anything about it? Like that type of deal? Or is he, like, trying to make it seem like it was a suicide, which, come on. See, that's where I was going. I think he was trying to How? make it seem like, oh, it was a suicide. That's what I think that he was thinking when he placed the gun next to her body. Do you hear a replay of the story you just told me? <laughs> like, like, everything. There was half the calf was, like, hanging mm-hmm. off. I mean, really? Who's going to do that? Yeah. So, Chrissy can hear her lung gurgling. And she can feel her blood seeping through her clothes. Christy pleads Jim to call 911 as Jim walks away. That's awful. I mean, you're pleading to the person who is like leaving you to die. Oh, but wait. Jim returns to the room holding an unplugged landline phone and pretends to dial 911. And he tells her, it won't work. I wonder why. What an asshole. This motherfucker, right? (laughs) So 30 minutes passed and Christy's breathing became shallow. Her eyes rolled to the ceiling. Fixing on the air conditioning vent, Jim walks into the bathroom and turns on the shower. When Christy hears the shower running, she knows that this is her opportunity to escape if she wants to live. That was fantastic, Jose. You want to know what I just did? What'd you do? I just tried. I opened up, and you don't get any. I opened up the new wine that I received from Wine of the Month Club. So do you, Jose, want to treat yourself or someone special to great wines month after month? I would love to. Well, now you can with Wine of the Month Club. With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts! We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com, forward slash support the show and click on the wine of the club month link and sign up we will earn a commission you can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code holiday 15 to get 15 dollars off any four month club or you can use promo code holiday 20 for 20 dollars off any six months club which sounds like a win-win to me you get to stay home during this covid19 pandemic quarantine by yourself and your wines. And they ship free. What? Hey, Jose. So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart. 
Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. They find everything you usually buy. You can get smart suggestions for new items. They even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. We are a proud affiliate of Instacart. So head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link. Christy opened her eyes looking for her husband's shadow reflected in the bathroom towel. When she doesn't see it, she felt sure he had gone into the shower. So she thinks it was now or never. Christy stands up, blood dripping from her clothes and with only one shoe on. She drags her lacerated leg across the floor and limps out of the front door and down the winding driveway. Flagging down an approaching car, she had brought with her the pink gun as evidence. When the driver stopped and lowered the window, Christy immediately throws the gun into the front seat and tells the driver to please don't let me die. The driver then helps Christy into the back seat of his car and he calls 911. Jim had been taking a shower and had colored his hair when he walked out and realized that his wife's body was now gone. Frantically, Jim runs out of the house and sees the car that Christy had gotten into speeding away. While Christy is at the hospital fighting for her life, Jim had disappeared. Police ended up finding Jim seven days later in a neighbor's shed. Jim told police that he was innocent that he was the victim of a vicious attack by his wife and ran in fear to a neighbor's shed where he says he slipped in and out of consciousness until just before police dogs found him. And was there anything wrong with him? Mm -mm. No. What the hell is this guy thinking? Mm -hmm. I can't, I mean, hold on. You just said a lot, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe she managed to actually walk outside the Mm -hmm. house In the condition that she was. I'm telling you, she's a badass woman. That is just insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two. Mm Mm-hmm. Why the hell was he dyeing his hair? Like, don't you think, like, this dude is obviously 40-something? He was trying to make a run for it. So he's trying to now disguise himself. Because he's thinking she's probably already dead in the house. Right? So remember, he didn't go into hiding until he walked out. And he was probably like, oh, shit. Where'd she go? So what do you go with? Like a like a bleached blonde? Then? I don't know. So Jim's defense attorney said during an interview with 48 Hours that, and I quote, There is no convincing evidence in this case beyond a reasonable doubt that Mr. Morin intended to kill Christy. End quote. So they're trying to say that there's just no way. Like you can't. I thought that's what you said. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like really was reiterating it in my mind. I'm mm-hmm. thinking there's no possible way that that's what they're like trying to say. Yeah. Well, well, who the hell did it then? So, okay. So get this. While Christie's defense attorney argued by saying that they believe that Jim was the heavyweight in the marriage and that he turned a champion boxer into an abused wife, they described Jim as manipulative, cruel, and controlling. Jim's abuse led to psychological abuse, then physical abuse. Then he started to provide her with controlled substances. And he put Christy in a very compromised position to where she had to rely on Jim or else her career would be over. So he psychologically abused her, physically abused her, 
and then made her dependent on a controlled substance on top of that. Mm-hmm. Like this was his whole goal. His whole plan is just to manipulate her. Right. Yeah. When I was doing my research, I read in an article that he would actually, he started putting security cameras inside the home and he would record her without her knowledge, like in compromising positions. And then he would threaten her with it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So at the time of the attack, Jim Martin was 66 years old and had recently had heart surgery. Christy was 42 and training for a big combat fight. Pleading self-defense against a professional boxer was Jim's best shot at winning. Yeah, honestly, I did. I forgot. I, I obviously remembered the age difference, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize obviously time had passed. Right. Making him 66. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so a jury might believe that Christy was the bigger threat, one that had required excessive force. But prosecutors set the scene during the trial by stating... And I quote, Christy was the boxer, Jim was the opponent, the jury was the audience, and the judge was the referee. And what was the most interesting thing was, Christy had always talked about how she wanted to win 50 fights in her life. Well, Christy won 49 professional boxing matches in her career. And that courtroom was the 50th fight. End quote. During that interview with 48 Hours, Christy said that, She saw things differently. She said, and I quote, Finally, I have been able to come to terms with, I got the 50th win. When I got up off the floor on November 23rd, 2010, and got out of my house, that was my 50th win. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Because how she was able to do that is so remarkable. Right. So on April 2012, Jim Marin was found guilty of attempted second-degree murder and was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Christy ended up marrying her high school sweetheart in 2017 and started speaking about domestic violence awareness and is currently the CEO of Christy Marin Promotions, a boxing promotion company that has promoted 13 events in North Carolina since 2016 and will be promoting boxing events in Jacksonville, Florida. A portion of the proceeds are donated to a local domestic violence shelter. And I just have to say, Chris's story to me is such a powerful one that I feel like we all need to talk about it. You know, there there are a lot of women that get stuck into abusive relationships and might not be aware of it, or they're too afraid to speak up. And I want to give those women a voice and tell them that you are strong and you don't have to continue being in an abusive relationship out of fear. Just know that someone is always there to help and you're never alone. I mean, look at Christy. It must have taken a lot for her, but she was determined to not lose that fight. And, you know, my dad is my best friend and partner in crime. And from a very young age, my dad always told me how strong I was. And he taught me that Not every relationship is a good relationship. So he always showed me how to look for signs of mental abuse, like how we said in the story earlier, how, you know, Jim started kind of isolating her. That's always usually, you know, the first sign that you are in a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my dad is a karate instructor. So lucky for me, from a very young age, he would teach me self-defense moves Like, you know, how to get out of grips and what to do if somebody grabbed me from behind. 
And I really encourage every woman out there to take a self-defense class. If you're a local San Diego listener and want to take a self-defense class, you can reach out to my dad. The name of his karate studio is Trujillo's Art of Self-Defense. And I'll have Jose link my dad's website onto our website. And let me just end this story by saying that one in four women and one in seven men will experience physical violence by their immediate partner at some point during their lives. About one in three women and nearly one in six men experience some sort of sexual violence during their lifetime. If you or someone you know needs help, the National Domestic Violence Hotline has counselors available around the clock at 1-800-799-7233. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast True Crime Weekly. And please don't forget to support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. This is the only way that people find out about us, through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening. <laughs>